Previously on the Damage Guild podcast. All of those swords pull themselves out of the floor and start flying towards you. I'm going to use my item interaction to pass the shard to Aslo. I know you don't want to use the crystal, but we need you to, like, be our spellcaster or whatever. Tokus, I'm not going to use this. This thing is evil. And I'm looking down at it and my eyes start swirling. I cast Thunderwave at full power. The three swords go flying back and fall to the ground. Five of the six suits of armor also get knocked back. I go after one of the swords with my sword. You hear metallic clanking sounds coming from some of the suits of armor. They're reassembling. Each of these pedestals has a series of runes. You could take out a chisel and a mallet and begin to chip away at these runes. The suit of armor ceases to repair itself. So we finish scratching out the runes, grab two sets of armor, and bring them down to our saddles. We wake up in the morning feeling better. So we go back into the tower. So about that tower. Yeah, about that big, fat, tall tower right in front of us. What should we do? Do we really it? want to go back into that mm, uh, tower? I mean... Not really. Not so much. Nah, let's just go home. Yeah. We've made a day of it. Let's just stay bronze level forever. Let's just stay in our quiet little comfort zones. We have all this buildup, and Thane probably spent all this time finishing the tower. <laughs> planning the dungeon Planning out. it. And we're like, eh, nah. Whatever. We almost did have a bad time the first time we went in there. <laughs> we, we, had a, we had a pretty rough time, yeah. We've been having a pretty rough time a lot lately. <laughs> Maybe we really shouldn't fight this thing, guys. And Tokus is getting cold feet. Like I'm in yeah, the doorway, same. like holding, clutching my All rapier right, and my on, shield. Come on, Tokus, like this. come like, on. Now, now is no time to be scared. Guys, I'm kind of relapsing. Remember all that no, bravery no, 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 I had? No, don't do that. Don't do that now. <laughs> Keep your eyes on the prize. Let's go. Let's go. I think we just go to the local military ward, borrow a siege engine, and we just topple the tower, okay? Mm. I, don't, I don't think directly engaging the monster is a great idea. Okay, let's just rig the place to that blow. Let's set it on fire. And then we'll, we'll rummage through the wreckage, and maybe there's something we can use to prove that we, we killed it. Okay. I just, I, okay, how about this? I'm okay with fighting it, maybe. I just don't want to fight it in its element. I don't want to fight it in its natural habitat. Well, hopefully towers are not these things' natural habitats. But other than that, I don't think we have a choice. I think we have to do this, or we have to go back to Nanept in shame and hang our heads and turn in our fancy guild badges and say, we'll never set foot in the guild again. Those are our choices. And probably exile ourselves from society forever, too. Yeah. Maybe we need a new gig. Maybe maybe we drop the adventuring life and we finally go start our own circus or something, you know? That's or we'd be like stage performers, exotic dancers. I have no problem with performing in front of large groups of people. So that would work well. Well, since we rested, I am happy to go back in there. And when I say happy, I don't actually mean happy. I mean, like, sort of terrified to my core, but, like, mm. willing at best. Same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need my Magneto helmet. Could you hand me that, Shaba? <laughs> yes, here it is. I hand you a little tinfoil cap. It looks stunning on you, Tokus. And, like, it doesn't do anything other than give me confidence. Like, it has no stats. <laughs> it's just a piece of foil. It perfectly accentuates your wig. <laughs> I love that just the right little wisps of hair are appearing from underneath it. Now, you're supposed to wear the tinfoil hat under the wig. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You got to get it as close to your scalp as possible to protect you. Right, to maximize the mind protection. The mind control shield. That Tokus would be quite poor. Like, not only am I bad at uh, talking to people, I'm also bad at withstanding mind control. So if anybody gets mm. mind control, it's going to be me, maybe Stripey. I know Stripey's probably got a lot of wisdom, doesn't he? Actually, he's the second wisest one in the party. Yeah, so that's saying something. He's the second to wisest in the party. <laughs> yeah, actually, his wisdom's a 12, and Chabas is a 15, so... Tokus thinks back to, to his various posters of the Sapphire Saber in his cl- closet room and mm. thinks, this is what it's like to be a guild member. Mm-hmm. I never thought it was like this. Facing your fears, surmounting almost certain death. Choosing between glory and defeat. It's a constant battle that all of us must face as adventurers, Tokus. Yeah, I guess it's a life worth not living if I can't continue to be a saber. Exactly. Saber or die. A life worth not living? I don't living. understand the double negative there, but <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> you mean you'd rather die than not be a saber? Is that what you're trying to say? No, if I can't be a saber, then I'd rather die. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take sure. it. Let's go. We'll roll with it. Let's, let's, let's forge ahead. <laughs> and I give Tokus a little kick in the seat of the pants. All let's right. get a move on. So we enter back into the tower. Yep. Totes. So you once again work your way across the shabby first floor and the shattered checkerboard tiles of the second floor and climb up the next staircase. As you reach the next level, You peer into the room and see nothing but thick white fog, along with the same sort of checkerboard floor that was on the floor below. But it looks like you can't see more than a few feet into this room. I've been playing way too much Skyrim. I'm imagining myself crouched and sneaking, you know, where you see the little flat thing that turns into an eyeball. And I have my bow drawn and fully drawn back. (laughs) And I'm just like... We we are going to have weapons out, though, right? We're ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, thick fog, um, you say. Hmm. Yes. Someone blow on it to make it go away. Well, if we can't see it, what senses could we use? Anybody have, like, a one of those big box fans or a leaf blower? Uh, there are spells that do stuff like that. That does bring up a good point. We do have someone with very good smell. Ah. Stripey makes a smell check, on which he has advantage. That's pretty cool. It's just, like, the most useful thing Stripey can do. Aside from fighting, of course. Which he can now do. Alright. He gets a 20. Like a 20 total, so not a net 20? Yeah, 20 total. From whatever he may or may not smell, he does not seem particularly concerned. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Ah. Stripey seems fine, guys. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't the level of the tower maybe where the monster is. No, it's like 250 feet and we're only on the third level. So we're like maybe 60 to 90 feet up. There's something in this room that Stripey can't smell. I feel it. Huh. Well, then you should make a feel check. No, I don't want to feel. We don't have the appropriate class for this room. <laughs> I, I, I know. Can we make a listen check? There's traps. There has to be mm. traps in here. Traps. Sure. I will roll further perception checks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is the smoke or the fog just kind of like lingering in the air or is it moving? It has very subtle movements, just like wisps of fog normally do. Mm. Mm. But it doesn't look like it's recently 
the result of some kind of explosion or something and it's about to clear. No. And it doesn't look like the result of a fog machine? Yeah, someone left a big chunk of dry ice in the middle of the room. (laughs) So none of you hear anything in particular. All you can see is a few feet of floor and the walls on either side. Hmm. Should I cast spike growth in the middle of the room? Well, I was looking into, like, stuff I've got. I'm, I don't think you can trigger traps with spells. No. That would depend entirely on the spell and the trap. Yeah, it depends yeah. on the spell. Do we have things we would be willing to give up? I'm, I'm tempted to, like, chuck some of my, uh, like, torches and, like, place them, like, in the tile in front of me as we move through. The- <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. We could start with that. Light a torch and then try to chuck it. Well, I only have a few torches. That's okay. You, you're not going to need them all. You have dark vision. And we have light. Well, I w- that was my next next question. Can I see a little bit better in the fog than the others, or not really? No. Dark vision just lets you see in the dark. It doesn't let you see past obstructions any better. <sighs> we need fog vision. Yeah, fog <laughs> If Shabba stands on his tippy toes, does it, like, start to dissipate? Like, can he see the ceiling? From what you can see, it looks like it's pretty obviously unnatural, probably magical. Mm, or from what we can't see. Uh, because the fog seems to fill this whole area. If you step inside a little bit, it's pure fog everywhere, mm. no matter how tall you try to stand. Gotcha. And it stops almost immediately when it gets to the archway with the stairs. Fascinating. Huh. Yeah, we need that spell InfraVision, like from Diablo, where like you see them outlined in, in red, all the mm. enemies that are nearby. This almost scares me more than the monster. I guess we should just move past and go to the next floor. Didn't that used to be a D&D thing, too? Infravision? Infravision? Yeah, second edition. Second oh, edition, yeah, yeah, okay. Thought so. Is it flammable? I wanna I wanna try to light it on fire. I, <laughs> I I'm gonna I'm gonna firebolt into the fog. Because it does light things, that's one of the effects of the spell. If you're feeling it, it feels slightly damp, like normal fog does. Oh, does it put my firebolt out? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pop one off in there and I load up my violet bolt and pew. You just shoot it into the fog and you hear your the glass ball shatter and fire starts up, but you can't see anything. Oh, I just started a fire. <laughs> well, you know, just a little sizzle where it explodes. You should light up a torch, wave it around a little bit, and then toss it into the center. Sure. Alright, I'll use up one of my torches, because even if the fire's ineffective... Alright, down to six. So, even if the fire's ineffective, I can maybe place it on the ground or something? <laughs> Did you just say down to six? Like, you only have six torches left? I had seven torches. <laughs> I thought you said you only had a few. Seven torches is... Let's just let's just take a moment. Seven torches, by any measure, is a lot of torches. I just want to point that out. Okay, let's keep going. Well, we're going to use up one of my few remaining torches. All right, so Tokus gives yeah. it a light with his little... Fire start and say, uh, rapier. Most of the packs in D&D start you off with ten torches, which means in the last five levels, you've used three of them. When one of the party members has the ability to cast light, so... Yeah. And you can see in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a lot of why they didn't get used very much. Like, I think I supplied some torches when we lit that house, that city, that town on fire, like, way, way, way back. <laughs> oh, yeah, that town. I remember that one. I think I used two torches on that. I think I literally gave mm. a torch to both Shaba and Aslo, if I remember exactly. <laughs> that's right. All for making quicker work of the place. Yep. So that's where most of them went. So you light a torch, and what do you want to do with it? Throw it away into the middle of the room? Do you want to just wave it in front of you? Okay, so so when I wave it into the fog, it does nothing. Yeah, I mean, it momentarily burns away the fog, but not enough to really make a difference. Okay. We need more fire, guys. Mm. 
So I hand a couple more torches, and then I hand Stripey a torch to put in his mouth. Are you sure? This might bring you down past five torches left. Well, can you douse torches, or once you light them, they get used up? I mean, if you've got a reasonable way to put it out, you can do that. Use it later. My saliva. <laughs> all right, so we all light our torches off of Tokus and wave them around. Yeah, yeah. So I will give out three torches, one of which to Stripey. We put it in his mouth. <laughs> as soon as your torch passes through, it burns away the little bit of fog right behind it, but it just kind of closes in right afterwards. Now, how far ahead of us can we see? Is it like literally like a foot? A few feet, like four or five feet in front of you. Oh, four or five feet. That's a lot further than I thought. Okay, mm. everybody, quick, douse your torches. I gotta save those. <laughs> I mean, Aslo hasn't been replacing my dungeon supplies this whole adventure like he promised, so... That's for sure. Yeah. So we douse our torches and give them back. Well, do we have to use a little bit of our, like, water? Do we use, like, our canteen water, maybe? Water skins? Yeah, we, we, we put them out. Throw them on the ground and stomp on them for a second. Okay. Remember, everybody, a torch is really just a fire damage club. Oh, yeah. Fire the fire damage, damage club. <laughs> Torches. The fire damage club. The fire club. damage club. Or I was almost thinking, like, the fire damage club. It's like an actual club. <laughs> like a like a membership. <laughs> yeah, the fire damage. Welcome to the fire damage club. Tokus, a.k.a. Sean, do you realize what the cost of a torch is? <laughs> Do you under do you understand how much it would cost you to replenish your supply of torches? I want it's no, it's a principle, Shaba. It's in the contract and that has never changed. He's supposed to resupply our stuff. And I've been short three torches basically this whole adventure. And Tokus folds his arms and says, You know, I'm remembering that conversation we had in Ildrazar about us just being employees. You know, employees are allowed to be frustrated if they don't have, like, the staplers and the pencils that they need. <laughs> See, here's the thing, Tokus. You thought it had never changed, and Aslo pulls out a new version of the contract <laughs> and flips open to that page, and that's been crossed out <laughs> with new wording. What? I never noticed you changed page 37. It's got lines that are, like, redacted, and then there's white out over yep. that, and then it's highlighted <laughs> and crossed out. And you know what? I hadn't even noticed because Shaba, instead of you has been resupplying his arrows through the guild. That's right. Exactly. Maybe that whole deal was changed when you finally split the money evenly. Oh, mm. yeah, that's what it was. That's right. Yep, gotta buy your own stuff now. Yeah, well, <sighs> uh, uh, long story short, I'm keeping this torch. And here you go, and I hold out my hand <laughs> like this, like in a fist as if there's something in it. Towards you, Tokus. Oh, I hold up my hands. Okay, I hold up my hands. I open my fist and there's nothing in it. And I say, it's a copper piece. Buy your own. <laughs> <laughs> really? They're that cheap? I could have tons and tons of torches. You could have as many torches as you want. I could be the torch mage and like Tokus imagines himself with like a torch between all his different fingers and they're all lit. And he comes with like this new elaborate attack. <laughs> It's literally a stick with a rag and some oil on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, don't spend it all in one place. You guys can keep it. <laughs> I was going to propose that since we can see four to five feet out, we just keep placing the torch four to five feet out as we walk. Similar idea, but better. Um, okay. I take one of the torches with mage hand and I move it throughout the room and see if we can oh. see different things. If not, we use it to just place them further into the room. Well, you can only see four or five feet out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you, you move one of the torches ahead of you into the fog. You can see the light a little bit farther than you could see other things, but probably past about eight or nine feet, it also fades away. Uh, okay. Can't make out any shapes or anything. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So let's all huddle behind, or maybe we should spread out. 
But, but you lead on this one. Mage Hand's like the perfect spell for this. Manipulating oh, yeah. the torches. Now, our other option is a new spell that I just got at level 5. Uh-huh. What? However, it is a third level spell. It is called the spell Magic. And if this is indeed a one magical effect, then I could potentially end it. Huh. Couldn't you spend a first level spell to know if you need to spend your third level spell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, could you detect magic first? Right. To see if yeah. I need to dispel magic. Yeah, I could also ritual that. Uh, it would take ten minutes. It's fairly apparent that it is a so- there's a source of some kind, given that this fog just keeps regenerating itself and is not going away. Yeah. So I would be willing to bet that it is a magical source. Does detecting help your dispelling? At all. Does it, like, let you know where to cast it? At least, like you said, letting you know what whether there is a magical effect that needs to be dispelled. Yeah, right, exactly. Because this could just be the monster had some morning breath or something, I mean. That's true. Right. Only issue is that I only have two third-level spell slots. Mm. You know, you're cheap with everything. You're so cheap with money and you're so, like, stingy on your spell slots. Come on. Like, all right. If I was in your shoes, I would pop that off. It's obviously magical. That's true. Or I could just use a bunch of cantrips, which are free. Go with the ritual casting of Detect Magic. Okay. Let's do that. All right. We can spend the time. And while he does that, I wave my torch around and spin in a circle. Ten minutes, humming, hawing, and meditating. How big are the tiles on the floor? Each tile is about two and a half feet square. All right. Using various objects in the room... Tokus and Shaba set up a game of chess. Mm, we do. <laughs> so you just spread out into the room anyway while he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Just in the hall. Just in the doorway. We like. Oh, it's not enough room to do chess, is it? Nope. We'll go back down to the second floor. We play hopscotch. We like mark the the squares <laughs> and we play hopscotch in a smaller section in the yeah in the doorway. Oh yeah, we could do it downstairs. Yeah, let's go downstairs and play play chess or something, or checkers. All right, we'll leave Stripey up here with you. No, we'll just stand off to the side of the room. <laughs> so you cast Detect Magic. As expected, you can detect that all of the fog is magical. You don't sense any specific source in there. It seems like just this whole area has some sort of spell active on it. Okay. Can you area dispel that effect? Choose one creature, object, or magical effect within range. Okay, so now you know that it is a magical effect. Yeah. Now, in fairness, I feel like we're gerrymandering Brian into using a spell that he doesn't really want to use. So, if you have other ideas, Brian, which it sounded like he did, like the whole Mage Hand Torch thing, by all means, go ahead. Walk right into that fog and Mage Hand as much as you want. (laughs) But uh, I'm not going with you. I just want to say, you keep saying gerrymandering, and I don't think that means what you think it means. Yeah, I was just going to say, you also used the word we in that sentence, and I don't think that means what you think it means either. Yeah, I'm not using the definition correctly on that either. <laughs> yeah, because that would imply that there's more than one of us who is gerrymandering Aslo into using this spell. No, I'm implying that Aslo is adjusting the county lines to influence his vote in a positive manner. Okay, maybe I'm not using the definition of that word properly. Just wanted the listeners to know that I have a semi-relevant idea of what the word actually means. <laughs> Which, after it came up, you brought it up off the top of your head. All right, you know what? I cast a spell magic, and I choose the fog. So do you have to make a check for that, or how exactly does it work? The fog makes a check. Any spell of third level or lower ends. 
For each spell, 4th level or higher, I make an ability check using my spellcasting ability. DC equals 10 plus the spell's level. On a successful check, the spell ends. Can you make yourself feel good before you do this check? No. Bardic Inspiration only works on others. Oh, yeah, but he can apply them to himself now, can't he? In limited ways? Mm, Well, yeah, but Mm. not in that way. Well, that's unfortunate. Okay, so it was you make a check against 10 plus the level of the spell, or it automatically succeeds if it's fourth level or lower, right? Uh, Third level or lower automatically succeeds. I kind of want to research and, like, look at all the different spells and see what this could possibly be. But that would ruin the... Just don't do it yet. The mystique. Yeah. Mmm. How long were you cooking up that one? What? <laughs> what, mystique? Your 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 pun. Huh? Pun? What? You don't realize that that's a pun? We're dealing with a mist here. Uh, oh, the mystique. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> so even... You didn't realize. I totally didn't even <laughs> no get that, yeah. Oh, Jay. So clearly I wasn't cooking that up because I wasn't smart enough to realize <laughs> that it was a play on words. That was really good, though. I, I, have, I have a very high... Uh, my my dad is very punny, so I have a very high threshold of pun detection. Your punometer is very sensitive. I have an off the chart punometer. Yeah, you cast your dispel magic. I'm not going to have you make a check. Okay. The fog then begins to dissipate into nothingness, leaving the room completely empty. Oh, phew! What you see ahead of you now is an empty room with this checkerboard tile floor. On the left wall, about a quarter of the way around or so. There is a lever just sticking out, and there's a similar mm. one directly across next to the archway on the opposite end. Mm. You guys know what Stripey's motto is? When there's a lever, pull it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you see a lever, you gotta pull it. This is obviously a puzzle trap room of sorts. And imagine, we were gonna do it blind, you didn't want to spend the spell. Stripey runs over and pulls the lever. He's not tall enough to pull the lever. About four feet off the ground. He tries, but fails. <laughs> He's like, come on, guys, pull the lever. He's just scratching against the wall. Can you mage hand levers? Le- if it requires less than five pounds of force. Ten pounds? Five pounds. Five pounds. Six and a half. No, ten pounds. Do I hear seven? Uh, seven, seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it is ten, actually. They upped it to ten? Is it, is it ten? It is ten, yeah. Is mage hand one of those spells that like ruins a lot of cool stuff that Dungeon Master set up? Um, Not necessarily, sometimes. mostly because of that 10-pound restriction. <laughs> yeah. There have been so many times where I'm like, oh, Mage Hand! Oh, sad. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it doesn't work. If it was like a spectral hand appears and has unlimited force, then it would just punch your opponents in the face and send them blasting <laughs> off into the next country. Okay, so you pull the lever with Mage Hand? Yes. When it hits the bottom, you hear a series of clicks coming from the middle of the room somewhere. The lever then slowly starts to rise up again. What if the tower, like, went all Game of Thrones in the intro thing where it's like, <laughs> and it, you know how, like, they build the different castles and stuff? The words. Yeah. How awesome would that be? And it's actually a gnomish tower, and it's got, like, all kinds of different compartments and stuff. Or it morphs, and it's actually one of the towers of Arkanomica. Mm, mm. Yeah. This whole time. Or it's like a giant tower robot, and we're inside it. <laughs> and you look over on the switch, and, like, on the other side, there's a little label, and it says, Arkanomica lever. Oh. oh, that's all it took. And then the other lever is transformer mode. Robot lever. Robot lever. <laughs> um, yeah, as soon as we pulled that, I realized it could be the lever that just like injects more gas into the room. So um, before we do anything 
Even more stupider. Let's uh, cross to the other side of the room. I'm pretty sure it's trapped, though. It's only one way to find out. Do we have any sort of trap detection? Anyone? No. Uh-uh. You search. Is there, a, is there a check? We Yeah, could we just make some perception? Yeah, let's percept. So you slowly and carefully walk across the room looking for traps. Shaba got a 20 on his perception check. 11. I should have asked for you to tell me I'm beautiful. <laughs> 12. So you said that lever is the only thing we see in the room, right? It's empty besides that. Yeah, well, there's two levers. There's one about a quarter of the way around on the left, and then there's one right next to the opposite archway. And the stairs going up are on our side of the room or are the opposite side? Opposite side. Yeah. Okay. You just went upstairs and then there's more going up opposite you. As you're searching the room, the lever rises up until it eventually clicks back into its original position pointing up. And when it does, you hear again this series of clicks in the middle of the room. Shaba, when you get towards the middle, you notice that two rows of these tiles spanning the entire width of the room seem as if they're not attached to the surrounding floor. Mm. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Nobody stepped there. Like two rows right in the center of the room. Yeah, so basically five feet of these tiles. Did we notice them moving at all when the lever was being pulled or the works were going? No. Hmm. Well, everybody make sure you step over these two rows of tiles. That seems like a big step. Yeah, when you're three feet tall. You might be able to make that step. I'll step across <laughs> and then lift you lift you both over. Lift you and stripe you over. When you're three feet tall, five feet long is like a lot. Do we want to rig like some pythons to the ceiling or something and kind of shimmy across? Do we want to use a rope? Well, I was going to say, can I, can I take one step across and like, but not actually put any weight on my foot and test it the other side? Uh, I don't think you have any way to stretch your foot out five feet away from you without putting weight on it. Could we waste a torch? <laughs> could we put a torch on it? <laughs> I mean, you could easily make this, like, a six-foot jump if you want to land on the opposite side. Oh, yeah, we could just jump it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Tokus, you have the boots of jumping on. I do? You ha- you're wearing the boots of jumping. I am? Oh, no, you're wearing the something of jumping. Yeah. The ring of jumping. You have the boots of thundering and the ring of jumping. I do have a ring of jump. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, we could just jump it. I was about to give up on this adventure, guys. This is our first insurmountable obstacle. I was figuring we would test the floor on the opposite side, you know, before Before jumping, uh, putting all our weight on it. Yeah, why don't we tie you off to something, Tokus, before you jump? Yeah, that sounds good. Shaba, you're carrying tent poles on your back. Yep. And those are kind of long. Yep. They are. They're 10 feet. (laughs) Okay. uh, I figured it out. When you pull the lever, it makes the tiles rigid. They stay in place so you can walk across. And then when it's done, they go back to being flimsy. All we have to do is pull the lever and walk across. That's really smart. Puzzle solved. So, mage hand it? Well, let's test your theory, Aslo. Okay. Mage hand, pull lever. Okay. And you said we don't see these tiles move at all when this is happening, right? Right. Even if we're looking from up close? Correct, but we did hear a clicking noise coming from the center of the room. If the purpose of that lever is somebody coming down the tower pulls the lever and then can walk freely across that section of the floor and then it resets the trap. That's exactly what it is. And they would also be a high-ish level caster that they mage hand it on the way back upstairs. 
Like they come downstairs, hit the fridge, get a snack, you know. And there's one lever on each side of the room, so that whichever direction you're going, you just pull it, walk across, and then go. Oh, there is the le- the other levers where we were. Yeah, um, yeah, it's on the other side. So uh, we do that without any further deliberation. Mm-hmm. Mage hand, pull the lever. And I, at the least, put my foot out there and press hard on it. If Aslo's this sure about it, it must be legit. So we should just go through with it without discussing it any further. No, but I wanted an opportunity to use my ring of jump. (laughs) You can still jump across. Yeah. So as the lever is ticking its way back up, you gingerly put your foot on it and then stomp a little bit harder, and it seems to be supporting you just fine. You notice that... When you're stomping on it, there's a bit of a hollow sound underneath. Okay, I run across. All right, you run across and make it to the other side of the room. Woo! All right, Tokus, jump to me. (laughs) Okay. And I use the ring of jump to cast jump on myself. (laughs) And I feel a spring in my step. That's how it works, right? Can you only do that once per day? I think it's unlimited. Oh, okay. I mean, it's just jump. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Adventurers never need to jump over things. <laughs> All right. Aslo, are you ready for me? And I try to jump straight into Aslo's arms. And then you just knock him down like a bowling pin? <laughs> I have my arms outstretched. I start singing, with arms wide open. And then he knocks me over because he's like 100 pounds heavier than me. Aslo! No offense. <laughs> just as you guys are standing back up, I roll Stripey into a ball and then hurl him like a... <laughs> Like a dodgeball like right into your midst. Yep. So the three of you guys go tumbling again. Nice. He's bigger now, too, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's a big he boy. He's not as big as he was with the potion, but he's he's big. He's as big as you are, pretty much. And then I'll pull the lever and walk across myself. It seems like it takes about 30 seconds or so for the lever to reset itself, just so you know. This trap would have been, like, really, really tough if we hadn't cleared the fog. Like, that would have been a lot tougher. That's true. (laughs) Like, it's so simple now that we see it, but, like, the fog was totally throwing us off. I think that was a good use of the spell. Yeah, I think that's kind of the point of the room, right? Is that we found the only way to get past that room without seriously injuring ourselves. Yeah. Without falling into the room below. Or into a bed of spikes. I mean, you never know. Maybe when the things collapse, the spikes come up from the floor below, and it's even worse than we could have imagined. Yeah, we never checked below. Or it could dump you out into one of those like cool laundry chute things, but it's all spirally, and you go sliding down. Whoa! Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it dumps you out. Yeah, chutes and ladders, and then it sends us right into the room with the spores, and then there are more spore things that explode. And Exactly. But it's like one of those tubes at the bottom of Cloud City that Luke went down after losing his hand and lightsaber. Oh, yeah, so you just grab onto the little satellite dish with your other, with your one good hand, and mm-hmm. you'll, be, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be good till the Millennium Falcon comes to pick you up. Exactly. That's the moral of the story. So I think this is reason for a group high five. We haven't really had a group high five in a long time, if ever, because I don't think we've ever successfully circumvented an obstacle like that with such prowess. <laughs> I'm going to make a high five check. I get a 16 on my high five check. Ooh, nice. I don't know that we've ever successfully circumvented an obstacle, period. No. I got, I got a 17 on my high five check. That's, that's a good high five, Shaba. I got an 11 on my high five check. Stripey got a two on his high five check. Yeah. That makes sense. Sounds about right. (laughs) Well, he doesn't really have hands. Alchemy for your ear holes. The Damage Guild Podcast. What is up, folks? 
It's Jay Stout, co-host of the Damage Guild podcast. Welcome back to another episode. And have you ever attended a fancy ballroom dance party dressed in putrid, filthy rags? Of course you haven't. So why have you been playing D&D with that crusty old dice set? You know, the one that's barely holding together, with the numbers half rubbed off, and the corners worn down like an old man's knees? You've taken your most important tool as a D&D player and relegated it to some cut-rate excuse for a polyhedron that you probably found in a dumpster. It has to end, and it has to end now. That's why the Damage Guild has partnered with Metallic Dice Games to bring you a deal that's far too good to pass up. If you ever want to be the prettiest princess at the ball, that is. Metallic Dice Games is a family-owned business that produces not just metallic dice, but gemstone dice, plastic dice, mini dice, mega dice, glow-in-the-dark dice, dice bags, dice trays, dice towers, dice cases, everything you could possibly need to roll to your heart's content. I'm looking at one of my dice sets from Metallic Dice Games right this very moment, and you'll have to take my word for it, because this is an audio-only podcast, but in my hand is a mesmerizingly beautiful D20 from a set called Stardust Galaxy. And as I stare into the depths of this D20, it is as though I am looking directly into the center of the multiverse itself. I love it, and I want you to go take a look for yourself. So once again, that's MetallicDiceGames.com, and if all that weren't enough, now you can use discount code DGP10 to get 10% off your order, just for being a loyal listener of the show. So go get yourself a little treat. You've earned it. And if you do, be sure to hit us up on Twitter or Discord, because we'd love to see some sweet, sweet picks of whichever dice theme you choose. Lastly, but certainly not leastly, a huge thank you to all our listeners, and a gigantic thank you very much, as always, to our incredible patrons. You are the grease that keeps these old gears a-turnin'. That's all for this week, so without further ado, pleased to be enjoying the rest of this episode, and we'll see you again in just two short weeks. This is the Damage Guild Podcast. Alright, so we high-five and then move on. And leave Stripey crying in the corner. Asla, <laughs> I felt like your high-five was a little half-hearted. Yeah, yeah, it happens. I'm just eager to get to the next room. Having completed your stay in this room, you work your way up to the fourth floor. And when you get to the top of the stairs, you are immediately greeted by a door. Hi, door. Hello, door. Nice to meet you. What does it say? Nothing. Can you describe this door to me, please? It's a standard wooden door with iron bands going across it, reinforcing it and holding it together. It looks heavy and sturdy. It's old and kind of swollen. And there is a keyhole on one side. I smell it. Is it cherry? Is it a nice mahogany? It smells like mold more than anything else. Hmm. Ah, fresh. <laughs> Moldwood. It's local to this region, as I recall. <laughs> I'll check it for traps. Uh, oh, I got a natural 20 to check it for Hey-o. traps. hey Okay, well, <laughs> trap checking is supposed to be rolled by the DM, but uh, you don't find any traps on there. Okay. Well, oh, that makes sense, because we don't want to... Yeah, it's a secret check so that we don't know how well or bad we did. I take a look through the keyhole. You try to peek inside, but it looks like it's blocked here. Okay. Can't actually look through. Uh, Well, you know what the next step is, Aslo. Another spell (laughs) slot. The gnomish lockpick? Use your maid hand to karate chop the door open. (laughs) I was saying he could use knock. 
I was thinking you could use the Gnomish lockpick. I thought it was the Goliath lockpick. Is it? Well, it could be the Goliath and Gnomish lockpick because you were just talking about that village that we burned down with the torches back in like episode two or three. Remember what we did to get you through that window, Tokus? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that little maneuver? The Gnomish missile attack. The Gnomish missile attack. What do we call it? I'm not going to fit through that keyhole. <laughs> <laughs> not with that attitude, you won't. Have some hope, Tokus. Have some faith. Wait, guys. Give me like five days. I can invent some sort of serum that shrinks me down. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. This Maybe this is a little crazy, but we could try like turning the handle. Mm, too easy. You know what? I'm, let, this is too hard. Let's go home, guys. Oh, wait, wait. I'll do it because I have the most health points. It's a deal. So you try to open the door and it's locked. Dang it. Mm. thought that was going to work. It was worth a try. All right, Tokus, you're going through that keyhole if it's the last thing you do. <laughs> All right, I ready myself like a, like a diver that's about to go into the water. Like, I try to make myself as small as possible. All right, and I pick up Tokus, and I give him the old heave-ho. I, I wield him like a battering ram. All right, and I have some ideas after this doesn't work. I cast knock, unlock the door, and open it right as he goes through. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically, anyway. That's awesome. How fast is knock? Is it just like is it just like that? Yep. Yep, it's an action. But it really gets Tokus's confidence up because he's had that whole fear thing come back over him and now that he thinks that he battered the door open by himself, he's like really proud. I am going to remind you that the knock spell is rather loud in case you are trying to avert or avoid that problem. Mm. Do we need to do the combination of silence knock again? It's entirely up to you. I'm just reminding you because that is an effect of the spell. How does silence knock actually work? Remember how we were trying to do that the other day? I don't know if that actually works, that combination. I think yeah, it, does. it does. Well, but you're silenced. You can stand outside the area of silence and still cast the spell. It's just when knock goes off on the door. Isn't knock melee range? Knock is 60 feet, and yeah, the, oh, okay. knock, the loud noise would be a result of the spell going off. Yeah, so you cast silence around the area that's going to be unlocked, and then you cast knock outside of that area on the object, which is in the area. Honestly, I feel like they designed knock to always make a sound. I don't know if we can get around it with silence. <laughs> There's nothing in D&D that has been designed for a certain purpose that players cannot find another for. <laughs> it's the number one rule of D&D. I'm just saying, like, it seems that that would have to be on something that Thane works out. Silence is designed for the purpose of silencing things that you don't want to be heard, so... I guess the source of the noise isn't coming off of Aslo, it's coming off of what's being opened due to the knock spell? Exactly. Well, you can think about it this way. There are many spells that are designed to be temporary, but the permanency spell makes them not so. So this is a similar... <laughs> Uh, application. Yeah. Except permanency doesn't exist in 5th edition anymore. Well, that's a shame. Really? Instead, they have different ways of making certain spells permanent, like casting them every day for a year in the same place. Stuff like that. <laughs> wow. That's dedication. Anyway, I'm going to give Shaba the first attempt at opening the door with, to make a strength check to see if you can bash it down. All right, Tokus, make a durability check. And then if you still want to knock after that, then you can go ahead. Okay. All right. This also makes lots of noise. <laughs> this will be... Not as much, probably. Um, it's just a strength, not an athletics. Yeah. A seven. Hey, why don't we let me do this? <laughs> because it's more fun for me to let you to let me do it. <laughs> Tokus is going to roll up the sleeves of his armor. And... <sighs> That's a ten. 
your first attri- attempts are not enough to open the door. Mm. You could keep on trying, or you can let him knock and get through. Somehow I don't feel mm. as though we have the element of surprise as it is, since we were in here making a bunch of commotion yesterday, and then we left for a full 12 to 18 hours. He probably just looked out the window, assessed our party. Ah, uh, another group of adventurers. He turned on his scouter and said, yes, I see, that's how much power level they have. <laughs> yep. Power level three. <laughs> yeah, and that was all together. Yeah. <laughs> I think the benefit of continuing to try to smash it down is not wasting a spell slot, so... All right, well, I'm ready to give it another check. Uh, the other thing to consider is that is throwing ourselves bodily at this obstacle not just creating the same amount of noise that a knock spell would, except multiple times? Exactly. And still not wasting a spell slot. <laughs> <laughs> So, there we go. You really like saving those. Um, Aslo, if you're not going to help in any other way, could you at least tell me that I I look really good today? I guess. Uh, Tokus, you are the hardiest little gnome uh, with the greatest fortitude and endurance of a gnome I have ever known. Ever gnomed. You're the hardiest gnome I've ever gnomed. (laughs) Wow. Am I still affected by the effects of jump? I don't know how long it lasts, but I also don't know why it matters. <laughs> I'm going to charge through this door with a nice long jump charge attack. It's going to jump up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, there's not really much space here, but uh, just make your strength check. I'm going to charge on through. Well, I appreciate the assistance. I rolled a five on the Bardic Inspiration die. Hey, that's pretty good. I got a 14. Ooh. All together? All together. Seven All plus two plus five. Now. All together now. All right, so 14 doesn't quite break it open. However, <sighs> it does nudge it a little bit. Oh. And if you keep on working on it like this, I'm just going to cut to the end here. Eventually, you will manage to burst through. Sweet. It takes you a minute or so of repeatedly pounding on this door. <laughs> we jump through. Surprise, suckers! The triple AT is here. She took us burst through. Oh yeah! <laughs> this is just a tokus shaped hole in the door. We poke our heads through. Bet you didn't see that coming. <laughs> is the door like perpendicular to the outer wall of the tower, or is it like we get to the top of the stairs and then turn inward, and the door is? Like that. It's actually a door leading to the outside of the tower. Tokus just, <laughs> just falls out. <laughs> falls a hundred feet. This is a bad idea! <laughs> Why didn't we think about the architecture of this place first? No, it's where the archway was on all the other ones. So it, you go up the stairs, turn a little bit, and there's the door right there. So you do turn inward. So am I facing the middle of the room, or am I facing... Yeah. You're facing the middle. Yeah, okay. Okay. You break through. Right. Have no fear. The AAA team is here. <laughs> so, unlike the other floors, this one is just a hallway. Go straight across to the other archway opposite you. However, there is also one door on either wall. Ah, so it's like two rooms. Two semicircular rooms. Divided by a hallway down the center. Yeah. Uh, we perception to see if we notice anything weird or out yes. of place, even or fishy, perhaps peculiar. Well, that's a, that's a very low roll. Fifteen. Not good. <laughs> yeah, I got a two. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, mine wasn't that bad. God, uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm a little tired and sweaty from pounding the door down because you were too lazy to knock. <laughs> Stripey got a nineteen on a smell check. You look around and sniff around. I'd say the only thing that you notice here is that maybe this area is in a little bit better condition than some of the lower floors were. It doesn't look like it's been as thoroughly ransacked, perhaps. So it's dustier, but it's in better shape. Not as well used. Do we want to open one of the doors? I think we should... One of us should run into the middle of the hallway, jump up in the air, and do the splits and kick both doors open at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think we pick a door, Shaba. All right. And spend all our energy and focus... And spell slots, looking at you, Aslo, <laughs> oh, on one room at a time. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, the other question is, should we even bother opening either of these doors? Or should we just go to the other end of the hallway and keep going up? Good question. The answer is, no, we should not. We should keep going <laughs> up. Clearly these rooms are full of treasure, and we won't want to carry it with us on the way to the top of the tower, so we should get it on the way back down. Right, or magical items that help us defeat the monster. Yes. Yeah, they would only weigh us down. That the DM conveniently put here, and we do, <laughs> if we don't loot them, then we have no chance whatsoever. Right, we definitely yep. don't want that in our way. That would be an unfair advantage. But the tools to defeat the monster have been in the tower the whole time. We just need to get one of those plague balloons and put it in the room with him, mm. and then run away. <laughs> Or have the tools to defeat the monster been inside you the whole time, Token? <laughs> I, think, I think they're I inside think they you, actually, Aslo. <laughs> oh, hey, thanks. <laughs> no, That's I'm pretty sure they're inside Stripey and he burps. <laughs> <laughs> Stripey, no, you ate it. No, <laughs> the solution. They're definitely in there. You ate the tools, the tools we needed. <laughs> he drank the solution. All right, well, Tokus, I nominate you to lead the way down this hallway. Sure. And uh, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a knoll by the toe if he hollers. Cut his foot Yelp, off. let him go. My mama said to pick the very last one, and you are Not it. it. Like the other end of the hallway? You deciding between that end and this end? No, I'm going to open one of the side doors. Are you using? Are you doing any mini mini mo with like both doors and just going down the hall, or are you just sure? Picking- sure, I'll add in the end of the hallway for this. <laughs> okay, and which one did you end on? Uh, <laughs> <We're> doing- <laughs> no, this segment has My been cut for time. Last <laughs> one, and you are not it. So we're going to open the door to our right. Okay. Wait, we just said we're just going to ignore the doors and just go straight to the other end of the hallway. No, he's eeny, meeny, miny, mowing. That's the whole point of eeny, meeny, miny, mowing, <laughs> yeah. is to choose between three very <laughs> difficult choices. No, we need the side doors. <laughs> Aslo just sits down on the steps and says, I'll wait here. It's fine. <laughs> we are never getting through this tower. You put your face in your hands and you're just like, the whole weight of hiring us just like falls upon you. Yeah. Regret. I'm, I'm surrounded by by imbeciles. <laughs> so you approach the door on the right. It opens easily and it is not locked. Looking inside, you see the room is roughly divided in half. To your left, there is a four-legged copper tub, and to your right, you see a cabinet. Roll for initiative. The tub and the cabinet <laughs> approach you menacingly. Be our guest. Be our guest. <laughs> As they start hitting you, <laughs> start maiming. This is so much worse than the fairy tale. 
<laughs> I thought you were supposed to be nice. Hey, I'm Tubby the toilet and just like comes alive. <laughs> just vomits on you. Or, or Tubby the bathtub, not Tubby the toilet. Sorry. I'm Tubby the bathtub. How's it going? You guys having a nice time here at the tower? <laughs> They're just oh, wailing on <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, guys. Could this be a bathroom? So, yeah, there's the tub, the cabinet. The only other thing that you can see out is tub drains in a small trough that goes into a grate over a hole in the floor. And there's a small wooden stool. <laughs> That's what all that fog was about. Someone must have been taking a shower up here. <laughs> you know, guys, I feel real nasty. I'm just going to take my armor off and just going to soak. soak in a nice, yeah. hot, steamy... That does sound good right about now. Hold some, make room. I'm getting in there with you. <laughs> no, I don't think it works like that, Java. I don't think you could fit even if I wasn't in there. <laughs> just, like, get your feet in. <laughs> the water overflows. Stripey's coming in, too. Actually, Stripey could really use a bath. Like, when's the last time you gave him a bath? He sheds a lot when he bathes. There's just going to be like a layer of hair floating on the top of the water. (laughs) Clogs the tub. Dude, this episode is disgusting. (laughs) I'm so grossed out by us right now. Uh, uh, I just go over and check the cabinet. How about that? Yeah, there could be some medicine in it. It could be a medicine cabinet. You look through the cabinet. It's a bit larger than a medicine cabinet. It's more like a small wardrobe or something. So you open it up, and inside you see an old, ratty wardrobe and towels. You also see a bit of soap that's kind of eaten into the wood over time. A couple of shelves with towels, soap, and then the other side has the robe. That's all you see of interest. Is it like a bathrobe? Is it like a magician's robe? Yeah, is it soft? Like terry cloth? Plus one. <laughs> the robe of relaxation, plus one. Yes! You're not sure what it or what it's made out of because it's so old and worn down right now. It's like eaten up by moths and possibly rats and things. Put it on, Tokus. Yeah, I toss it over to you. Uh, sure. <laughs> you just said it's been like moldy and eaten by rats, though. <laughs> Do I notice that it has, like, mouse poo in the pockets and everything? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta stick your hand in there to find out. As you pull it off the rack to to toss it over, (laughs) it... (laughs) (laughs) They thought to provide us with snacks ahead of time. It's so thoughtful. Wow, this really is a five-star joint. It's a five-star episode right here. This is just going downhill. What what, what do I notice, thing? Please DM. Please, please DM. As he tosses it over and you catch it, it rips apart and he leaves some of it behind in his hand and you catch it and it falls halfway onto the floor. Ooh. So it's disintegrating at your slightest movements. Shucks. It's been a long time since they've used this bathroom. Mm-hmm. The soap still looks like it's in somewhat decent condition. <laughs> Maybe we take the soap. Still soapy. We'll just give the room a quick cursory check and make sure everything's good and then go into the other one. You never know when you could use some soap, and I'll pocket the soap. Mm, Write that bad boy down. It burns a hole in your pocket. The soap of burning? Shaba, as you're looking around, you poke a bit more inside the cabinet, and you find a small piece of wood that seems loose when you tap on it. I'll give it a little jimmy there. Okay, you push it in about an inch or two, and you hear a click, and... The surface of one of these shelves in the cabinet pops up slightly. Ah. Ooh. So you can 
lift that up and inside you see um <laughs> no i just ignore it well guys nothing in here let's move on to the next room <laughs> you see a small flat river smooth pebble about two inches by one inch uh. on its surface etched into it it's what looks like a wooden crate hmm. the pebble of crates pebble of being really heavy yeah i pick it up does it feel like it does it weigh as much as it should it weighs probably about a pound which is more than you would think it would weigh Hmm. they really put a lot into this thing whatever it is yeah i tip it over and uh shake it to see if anything comes out Uh, no nothing happens Hmm. guys hey look i found this really heavy stone with a wooden crate etched into the surface as well is your detect magic still up no it's probably been longer than 10 minutes Hmm. But I can ritual cast it again. That's true, although we should probably move on. For now, I will put this on my character sheet. I will... I'm going to start casting it, and then we can use it to scan this room and the next room and, and all that stuff. Okay. Do you then go to the other door? Mm-hmm. All right, opening that one, you see a simple wooden table and chair lying overturned on the floor on the left side of the room and small kitchen on the right side with a fireplace water pump counter and some pots and pans Mm. and then embedded in the wall there's another small door like a dumbwaiter type thing Uh, this old wizard really lived in the lap of luxury haven't seen accommodations like these ever yeah they probably entertained on this floor Mm -hmm. somebody soaking in the tub on the other side over here they're making cocktails and talking about the times Mm -mm -mm. what times those must have been Tokus Well, you know, Shaba, time for you to get cracking. I'm famished. I whip us up a meal after searching the room. Uh, I got a six. No, actually, that's an 11 with my bonus for searching. (laughs) I get a 12. Uh, Also an 11. All right, so no one finds anything of particular value in here. You do note that the water pump seems like it still works. Huh. I'll give it a few pumps. Just out onto the floor. A few chugs, yep. Just to make sure oh, yeah. that it's not... Uh, Wait, this isn't a portable water pump, right? It's attached. It's attached. Is there any sort of container here in the kitchen? Like a bucket or a... I said pots and pans. All right, I'll put a pot underneath it. Sometimes when you first fire these things up after a while, you just get like a little bit of sludge. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It starts off a bit muddy and mucky, but eventually you get some clean water coming out of it. Nice. Can refill my water skin from earlier dousing the torches? Well, before you do that, I put a little splash on my tongue to see if it tastes salty. We are, after all, like right on the edge of the ocean, so Hmm. I want to make sure that we're still getting clean water and the the pipes haven't been tainted. It tastes a little metallic, but you're not getting salt. All right, Magneto, get all the metals out of this water so we can drink it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and fill up my water skin with it. I think it's safe. We'll be fine. Or mutants, I mean. Sort of like the school water fountain type flavor. Uh, mm. Yeah, okay. yummy. <laughs> mm, with the little rocks in it. <laughs> a friend of mine filled up a cup at school, like in high school, with one of those little styrofoam cups. And like at the bottom, there were like little sediment. Oh, really? And the, yeah, and the school water fountain. So I never yeah. drank from one Gross. of those things again. Could you, like, take a magnet under the cup and, like, move the particles? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't try that, but I clearly should have. Would have made for a much better story. That could have been, like, your science project, and, like, you get to present that to the school board. (laughs) Yeah. I remember we did pH testing on the water at school once, and it ended up 
whichever direction is acidic is there like two or three points towards the acid (laughs) (laughs) we did uh we grew like bacteria uh, from different services and for science class and like someone took a swab of the toilets in the bathroom and someone else took a swab of the lunch tables and the lunch <laughs> tables grew far more bacteria than the toilets. Oh, did. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm I'm so sure. Gross. Well, yeah, cuz think about it like school maintenance, they focus they'll they'll focus on uh bathroom cleanliness, but like a lot yeah, of schools yeah. what they do for the lunchroom, I remember, you know, the schools that I would go to, they take a rag to them. Just wipe it down. Like one of those old rags in like a... Oh, yeah. Bucket. Bucket mm-hmm. of murky water. Yep. Yeah. After they've mm-hmm. like mopped the floors. Oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. We got to wipe the table. <laughs> oh, no, we forgot the tables. <laughs> it's not like they're important or anything. It's not like the future of our society is eating off of these tables or anything. Yeah, right? Yeah, we apologize for any school-age children who are listening to this. <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll never eat again disregard. at school or go to the bathroom yeah. <laughs> or anything. Just be sure to use the trays appropriately and don't let your food drop on the table. They're going to yeah. bring their own food. They're going to bring their own water. They're going to show up to school in a bubble suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's what you should be doing these days. Yeah, I'm worried that uh, coronavirus is creating like a new age of like bubble people you know yeah people that are anxious mm-hmm. hypochondriacs thank you germaphobes i might be turning into one myself even though like you're the only one who lives in your apartment you still wipe it down with like clorox wipes every single day oh no no roommate's back <laughs> oh uh-oh. might have yeah. corona right now <laughs> wow. wow that's exciting that is so rude of your roommate to come back and live in the, their own house that they're paying for <laughs> with you and expose you both to the potential of this disease. Yep. It's a terrible, terrible thing to do. How dare he? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I checked the little door in the wall because that seems really cool. Oh yeah, the dumbwaiter. Yeah, you open it up and you can see there's this little pulley system that extends down to something. The rope itself, though, seems ready to snap if you actually tried to pull on it. Mm. I see whether I can fit. And it snaps and you drop four stories. <laughs> well, if there was a platform here, it's not here right now. So it's just an open hole going down. Mm. You could squeeze in there. It's a little bit tight, even for you. Okay. You want to cast light and maybe look down? Or actually, Shaba, your fancy hat would be better for this job. Because oh. it's a directed light. All right. I fire up the old lantern helmet. I don that bad boy. Can you even put your head in this? Nope. I sure can. (laughs) Yeah, it'll fit. I put it on Stripey's head, and then he looks through it. (laughs) No, so you shine the light down there and look inside. As far as you can tell, it's just a straight shaft down. Your light shines, what's it, like 60 feet, 100 feet? The spore balloons are like his butlers. Why, yes, we'll cook something up for you right away, master. (laughs) Spore balloons, like, use this to, like, go up and down. That would be scary. Uh, you can't see anything interesting down there. You think you can just barely see the platform at the bottom. It's probably all the way down to the cellar. Well, if we need to make a quick escape, that's the way to do it. Right into those spore particles. Well, better than being eaten. <laughs> Perhaps. Okay, does it go up at all? No. Just, okay, it stops here. Ah, uh, okay. Got it. The buck stops here. So we found this pebble. That seems heavier than it should be. Shouldn't we figure out what the pebble does before we go engage the boss at the tower? 
Well, that's why Azo's been casting Detect Magic as a ritual through this whole process. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As he's been searching the room and testing the water and looking down the dumbwaiter and trying to slide inside. Yep. You can do all of that while you're casting a ritual. <laughs> totally. So does it, how many things does he get to identify with this? He gets to detect whether there are magical things around. Yeah. Okay. So no, no identification, but just he knows whether it's magical and what type of magic. Shaba, I'm, I'm famished because he didn't cook me anything, so toss me a muffin. There you go. I pull a muffin out of my armor and give it to you. <laughs> Thanks. It's a it's a blueberry muffin, I'd say. Low fat. I mean, it has some flavor because it's blueberry, you know, but... Is that really what your armor does, or did we just make that up? No, we actually don't know what my armor does. I've been wearing it for at least <laughs> mm, a dozen episodes or more, <laughs> and we still have not identified it. We should have identified it while we were having our downtime and leveling up at the guild, but I forgot can I have, like, a hmm. banana nut, maybe? I mean, that, that could be, like, cursed. It's true. Uh, yes, here you go. Here's a banana nut muffin. Awesome, thanks. And I press the banana nut button. <laughs> banana nut muffin button? The banana <laughs> nut muffin button. It's <laughs> done. How many muffin buttons does it have? Yeah, does it have, like, red velvet? That's one of my favorite flavors. Could you make me a red velvet muffin? There might be one on the back that I can't see, so I've never <laughs> used it before. Check back there. I take my pack off. All right, so I check the buttons on the back of the armor. Yeah, there's a red velvet. Uh, oh, yep, looks, there you yeah. go. There you go, look, look right below my left shoulder, right down there. Just give that a little press. Is it like um, Jelly Belly, every flavor bean kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it must be. Each button of the armor, like each of those little studs, is a different it's flavor a different muffin. Kind of muffin. Yeah. Yes, wow. for sure. It is very Willy Wonka-esque, this suit of armor, I would say. <laughs> there's strawberry, there's blueberry, there's glass. <laughs> there's snozberry. Strawberry muffins? <laughs> there's, yeah, glass. The uh, snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> fire muffin. Anybody? <laughs> Israeli Palestinian conflict muffin? No? Okay. No. <laughs> Cunningham muffins from, uh, from back in the day? No? All right. No, uh-uh. Just YouTube Cunningham muffins and do yourself a favor. Okay. You cast Detect Magic and you scan this whole floor. As far as you can see, the only magical thing here is the stone that you picked up and it seems to be radiating moderately strong conjuration. Oh, it makes cranes. All right. Well, I put it in my pack. Let's go to the next floor. All right. You go on to the fifth floor. Uh, this floor is shorter than most of the others, only about 12 feet tall. The walls are lined with empty bookshelves. In the center of the room is a small platform with a few runes carved into it, and there's a matching piece on the ceiling directly above it. The archway leading to the stairs is opposite you as usual, but this one is inverted, matched to the ceiling rather than the floor. What? Wait, what? Say that whole thing again. <laughs> After. <laughs> so you said there's a matching so what in it? They're matching runes. Runes. There's the ruined platform in the middle of the room and another one that looks similar just above it on the ceiling. And then the archway with stairs is on the ceiling opposite you. Dude. All right, guys. This is a cool room. We have to go upside down. We have to flip the room. Yeah. Also, I've seen this movie before. And Tokus okay. jumps in between where the runes are. No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. Um, Beam me up. I hold out Stripey between the runes. Mm. <laughs> That's a good idea. Let's see if it switches his gravity. Let's do it. Are you going to let me do that, Chava? 
<laughs> well, you did it before I could stop you, and yet I'm intrigued to see what happens. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, we, we put Stripey... We, we, no, actually, I don't want to get my hands underneath this mess. So, stri- we coax Stripey <laughs> to go <laughs> between the runes onto the platform. There you go, little friend. <laughs> just, like, he just disappears. Badgers are like cats. They always land on their feet, so you can... Just toss them on there. You know, I was watching something on that the other day. Like it was like comparing squirrels and cats, and like you know, like if you throw a cat, like don't don't do that. But yeah, I was watching that too. Mark Rober, the video on YouTube where he made that squirrel obstacle course. Yeah, did you see that too? <laughs> yeah, I just watched it the other day. It was awesome. Yeah, and like the it was very cool. But that's an, that's another long digression. No spoilers. But the end of it was educational as far as yeah, like it's really cool. Go on YouTube and watch it. Mark Rober. He was a NASA scientist who retired to. Be be a YouTuber, and he's an awesome YouTuber. Go check out his channel. It's great. All right, let's go. <laughs> I don't think badgers fall into that same category of animals that always land on their feet. No, but nonetheless, go ahead and toss them on the pedestal. <laughs> well, we can test that theory right now. <laughs> All right, so you throw Stripey onto the platform, and as soon as he lands, there's about half second where all of the runes begin to light up really rapidly one at a time around in a circle. And then Stripey just suddenly falls up to the ceiling. Whoa! Lands flat on his back. Wow. Dang. Hey, Stripey. How you doing up there? He takes uh, six points of falling damage. Woo! Oh, no. Buddy. Good night. Well, he's a little more durable now than he used to be, so... Stripey boy! Wow. Nice job. He doesn't look very happy at the fact that Tokus just threw him onto this. He never looks happy at me anyway. Tokus, how could you? How could you have done something? I just wanted to test it without hurting anybody that mattered. (laughs) Fair fair enough. Uh, I would like to do a backflip, but only halfway, so that when my body goes over top of of the runes, I just float up to the ceiling on my feet. You know, I was going to suggest something else, but that's really cool, so... <laughs> Make an acrobatics check. All right. But don't you have to touch the table with the rune on it? Whatever. I I got an 11. Yeah, the 11 is not going to be good enough to do a backflip, and I think you know that you can't do a backflip. I cannot. <laughs> In your head, you can do backflips. <laughs> you could probably do, like, a handstand or a cartwheel or something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. A handstand would be the next thing to try. Yeah. I'll try to do a handstand. Or at least I'll try to get onto the platform in a position where I'm going to be prepared to fall up. Once Stripey's out of the way, of course, because I don't want to fall on him. Stripey clambers off of the platform on his end, and you go into handstand, cartwheel-type position. Yeah. Once again, takes about half a second, and then your gravity shifts and you fall towards the ceiling. Ooh! Except I'm a lot taller, so I'm only falling... Yeah, so you fall a few feet and you're fine. Five feet. Hey guys, you should come up here. It's awesome. Yeah, well, how do we do it without getting fall damage, though? We can't do what you just did, Shaba. I'll catch you. Activate the runes, and I'll catch you. What, why don't we tie a rope to this platform or something? Because you don't need to. Because I'm going to catch you. We haven't checked out the bookcases yet, though. So I do that. But they're still here when you're upside down. Well, but we want to check them this orientation, and we can check them the other way. Okay. Actually, look at the bookshelves. Maybe you see something different than we do, Shaba, because you're looking at the undersides of all the different... All right. Actually, his head's about at the same level as your head's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, so if you guys are like three or four feet and I'm seven feet, then we're really only a foot apart. (laughs) That's weird. That is like... If I were standing up in this room and there was like a tiny person a foot away from my head, <laughs> standing on my ceiling, 
That's creepy. You guys are real weird. <laughs> I'm going to read all these backwards books. All these upside-down books. Well, so actually the shelves are empty. Oh. So this floor was probably cleared out by some adventurers. Got all the good books. Lots of rare tomes, no doubt. Yeah, the detect magic also doesn't reveal anything. Okay. Other than the platform itself. A Brief History of the Empire, Volume 4. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I walk onto the platform. Uh, Okay. With Shaba ready to catch you? Yes. Yeah. I'm always ready. Yeah, I'm not even going to ask for checks. I think it's easy enough. Well, I'm going to lay on the platform so that I'm at least half-oriented the direction I'll need to be when I fall. Yeah, since I can literally just reach my arms up and <laughs> grab them, I can just <laughs> wait there for them to fall. So, yeah. So you you switch over without any problems. You're all, now all standing on the ceiling. We're in the upside down. <laughs> uh, can we look out the window, guys? There are no windows. Oh. There haven't been this whole way. Man. You do realize that we're really committed to this tower now, because, like, I don't know how else we're going to unshift our gravity. And <laughs> if we somehow fight and get flung out a window, it's all over. If this thing collapses, we're going to be upside down forever. Wow. I wonder what the understanding that we would have of, like, the atmosphere and atmospheric pressure and everything. Probably none. None whatsoever. We're just going <laughs> to hang out in the clouds, guys. I've heard all about <laughs> up, what up there is like. Maybe we'll be rescued by a flying ship as we float upwards forever. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go into the next room. Yeah, let's let's not think about this too much longer. That would be the only way that we get saved is if we, like, fall up and we hit one of the cloud ships that happen to be crossing. That's what I hope happens. I'm pretty sure that when we go through the door, in order to go up, we have to go down. So let's find out. Yeah, so the stairs must be leading downward. So you go over to the archway and there are stairs here descending upward into the tower. Uh. <laughs> You've been looking forward to saying that for a long time, haven't you, Thane? <laughs> yeah, this is cool. I never thought I'd fight something upside down. Yeah, we uh, we descend upward. That reminds me of that one poem. One day in the middle of the night, two dead men got up to fight. Back to back, they faced one another, drew their swords and shot, swords each, and other. shot each other. Yeah. So you climb down to the next floor... This one, first thing you notice is that a large hole has been blasted through the wall. Oh. And there are vines growing in from the outside, crawling all across what is to you the ceiling. Wait, so there's a hole going to the outside? Yes. You saw this from the ground when you were outside. Oh, yeah. Tokus sees this opportunity and takes it, and I grab Stripey, and I try to shove him out the hole. (laughs) No, no! I stop, and I I try to stop him, and a scuffle ensues. Shaba, I need to test this. I want to see what happens when we go outside. (laughs) Not this way, Tokus. Not this way. Anything but this. And in the kerfuffle, Shaba pushes me out the outside. (laughs) And then you float away. No! Uh, What do we see when we look out the hole? You can look up and see the shoreline and the ocean. And if you get closer, you presume you could probably see the sky if you looked down. Whoa. I look down and see the infinite sky below us. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so cool. Trippy. We really are upside down. We are. That would probably be extremely scary also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It's disorienting just thinking about it. I'm going to take... Hyperventilation check. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I get a 17. Hmm. Are you trying to hyperventilate? Well, yeah, I'm trying to see if I don't hyperventilate, because I uh, feel like that okay. would be worry-inducing. All right, what else do we see in this room? 
So the floor above you is covered with broken shards of glass, splintered wood, and dozens if not hundreds of old stains of all colors. The ceiling where you stand is similarly strewn with debris. Although maybe not quite as much, but it looks like about half the stuff in this room is using upside-down gravity. So did they put those runes there just so they didn't have to clean up? Probably. Because if everything floats up, then you never have to worry about it gathering anywhere. <laughs> right? If you can just sweep everything out the hole and it just goes into the sky, <laughs> it's like depositing your trash on another planet. Right? It's like <laughs> launching our garbage into space. It's like really clever magic right there. It's like, man, I, I'm so tired of cleaning up after myself. How can I solve this issue? <laughs> or maybe they're just tired of walking up six flights of stairs and decided to walk down the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is a very tall tower. Although we don't know whether the gravity field extends outside the tower. So it might just be that we, if you were to like jump out that hole, you would just fall to the, mm. to the earth instead of... Because maybe it's only the circumference of the tower. I don't know if we have anybody that's willing to test that theory. Which is why you tried to throw Stripey out there. Cause yeah, I mean, sure. But you stopped me. Uh, how about this? I will toss a copper coin. A copper coin. But Tokus, you could buy a torch with that. You could buy a whole torch. <laughs> well, I could toss a torch out that too. <laughs> that's true. So you're literally willing to give up a copper coin, but not a torch that costs one copper coin. <laughs> There's plenty of debris on the ceiling where you are, too, I said. Yeah, I'll chuck a piece of debris and see what happens. Mm. A piece of debris that's in the opposite gravity. So you just pick up a shard of glass and toss it through the hole. Oh, no, that could hurt somebody. No, no, no. No, no, yeah, not on the beach. That's really dangerous. People walking on the beach could be harmed by that. (laughs) Yeah, not something that's too dangerous. A more harmless piece of debris. Okay. (laughs) A splinter of wood. A big splinter, though, like a big piece. Sure. So you throw a stick out through the hole. You see it pass over the lip of the stone wall and falls up towards this guy. Oh! (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. 